Carmen Miksha. And Sophia Miksha, your host of Seeds of Sunshine, a mother-daughter multi-generational podcast filled with laughter, wisdom, and advice. I am a high school student in the Ivy program, a runner, and a sister. I have a BA and MA degree in English and have published three poetry books, a tennis book, and two essay anthologies, which you can find on Amazon or my website, CarmenMixaBooks.com. I am also the broker CEO of Dynamic Real Estate, my own company. To buy or sell a home with me, please visit my website, DynamicSacramentoHomes.com, and mention this podcast for a discount on commission. Thanks so much for tuning in. We promise you see the sunshine once a week to elevate your lives and dreams through better communication between generations. Emily Hallgood was born and raised in Zimbabwe, Africa, a professional trail runner for Adidas Terex. Emily trains with her coach Paul Lynn with Gosh 20 Running. Her strength coach is Pat McCurry with Idaho Afoot. Emily has a master's of science degree specializing in high altitude exercise psychology, which she uses for her own journey. Emily also loves the group of athletes that she works with because they help one another achieve their goals. Deeply honored and happy to have you on season two of our Seeds of Sunshine, a mother-daughter podcast. And how are you today? Hi, Carmen. It's so good to be here. Uh, doing super good. Yeah, such a beautiful day. <laughs> I see that you're outside or is that a yes? Yep, outside. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Emily. And before we launch into our fun and inspiring conversation, as always, we have a quote and a joke. And the quote is actually by you, Emily. Um, <laughs> I think you posted it on uh, Instagram after running the iconic Western States, a hundred mile race in June, where you finished fifth female overall in a blazing time of 17 hours, 26 minutes, 22 <laughs> seconds. Congrats, Emily. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and so that's what you said on Instagram. I am blessed with the community I get to be a part of and have huge respect for each human, every mountain and moment of time. I get to explore our beautiful world. What a beautiful quote, Emily. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Now let's see if you get this uh, running joke. Okay. So, why did the cow run so fast? Oh, the cow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know why. <laughs> because it knew how to use its calf muscles. Ah, <laughs> that's such a good one. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I know my Sophia cannot be here today, but she always gives me grief about the jokes. She says, mom, they're so cheesy. And I say, that's why people like them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I like those jokes too. <laughs> oh, thanks, Emily. We're on the same page. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes. And um, so um you were actually born in Zimbabwe, in Africa, and you were born and raised there. So can you tell us a little bit about your childhood and any special memories that you would like to share with our listeners? Yeah, um, yeah, so growing up in Zimbabwe, it was really cool. I grew up on a farm, and so there was a lot of space, um, a lot of time to be outside and barefoot and 
running around and our day started early. My dad would go to the dairy and check on the dairy cows and the milking. And then we were in bed early, the latest by eight o'clock, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) So that was kind of (laughs) nice. I went to boarding school when I was five years old and would come home every weekend. So that was special to spend time with my family on the weekends, but then spend time with my friends during the week (laughs) and live with them at school. yeah, I don't know if you have any specific questions about Zimbabwe. Um, it was such a unique bringing up and I really treasure it now. And I loved that I got to grow up there. <laughs> oh, that's so nice, Emily. And it seems that um, your father uh, making you go to bed at eight o'clock serves you well as a trail runner because you have to go to bed early in order to start early, right? Right, right. And you know that too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And um, so um, I'm always curious as to how someone becomes a runner. Okay. So how did you find running and why did you choose it over other sports, Emily? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so my mom was running when I was younger and she would go out a few times a week around the farm and I would go out and either on my bike or run with the dogs and she would leave us and then just come back to us Uh, it was a nice uh, place to grow up on the farm so that we had the freedom to be out there and not be afraid of you know anything we could be on our own so that was really fun and it was a fun time to kind of get to know the sport and then when I went to boarding school uh, we would play every sport so I tried all of them because it was required that we played them so tennis and field hockey and netball and volleyball and trying to think what else (laughs) basketball swimming and so I had the experience of doing them all and doing all the team sports and had a little bit of you know experience with them and then in college I um, actually managed to swim and run at the College of Idaho. And so it was nice. I was still doing the combination. Then I was actually doing triathlons in the summer. Um, but then after doing triathlons, and you have to spend a lot of time on the roads riding your bike. And yeah. I wasn't enjoying that for training. And it's a lot, you know, it's very dangerous. And you have to be careful with all the trucks and drivers and things like that when I met my coach and he told me he had some athletes that ran in the mountains I just was blown away that I could be out in the mountains and not on the roads or anywhere (laughs) like that and get to train and do a sport so (laughs) my heart kind of jumped and I asked him if I could do that (laughs) and yeah and then then I just loved it for all those reasons of community and being out on your own in the west of America we get a lot of time well it's very safe in the mountains for us um people wise and safety wise and so I think I love that aspect that I get to be on my own but then I also get to be with friends if I want or with community and go to mountains and lakes and explore uh yeah I love it I love running (laughs) (laughs) yes and when did you actually come to America um in 2013 for college 
Oh, for college. So you haven't been here that long. No, this is, well, it feels long. <laughs> this is my 10th year, so. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And what does running mean in your life, Emily, since you discovered it and you, you know, you, you are so good at it too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's definitely my passion. I love it. I have lucked out that it's become my career and my job and uh, I coach too. So that's also part of my career path. Um, but ultimately it's my passion. And so even if I wasn't, if I had to do it on the side with another job or something else, I would still do it because I love to explore and it's my gateway to exploring the world too and getting out and traveling and finding places to go um, see and meet people and climb different mountains and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I hear you. And um, you obviously, you had a huge, huge race that you did so well at the Western States, but do you have any other running goals for 2023 and or other big races planned? Yeah, so in August, I'm going over to Chamonix and the 1st of September, I'm running CCC, the 100K at UTMB. Mm -hmm. So that's my next goal. Um, and then I don't have anything set in stone on the calendar for the rest of the year, but I'm sure I'll find something to to race to. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and um, you actually have a master's degree in um, high altitude uh, physiology. That's the specialty. Uh, yep. So what advice and insights do you have for other runners who are maybe looking to improve their times and their game? Yeah, I mean, the basic one, but the one that a lot of people mess up and so probably don't get to run as strong as they'd like to is making sure the balance between this training stress and your life stress is balanced with recovery time. Um, so that would be my foundational advice make sure your seesaw is balanced between recovery and training um and then eating and sleeping are very key to training yeah. <laughs> you need to get that right <laughs> yes absolutely yep um yeah there's lots of specificity specificity yes. yeah but uh I think getting the basics right is so many steps towards running faster or doing the other things better um if you can focus on the core uh, foundational steps then you're like guaranteed to get better <laughs> yes and consistency obviously yeah yeah consistency exactly yes yes um do you like to train at um, high altitude or do you use the heat training as well which we know works uh, similarly to high altitude yeah so I mean right now I'm down in California so not in altitude um, but obviously have the heat so that's really nice to have the heat and focus on that with heat or altitude you have to take into account a lot of things um, because obviously in both environmental situations you can't work as well you work harder to achieve the same um that you would 
in cool conditions at lower altitude. Um, so taking into account that and adding that value on top of your training stress, your normal training stress, so that you make sure you get enough uh, recovery uh, is huge. <laughs> Sorry, the gardener next door must be <laughs> blowing leaves. If you need me to move in, I can. <laughs> yes. Um, so um, you you also have two coaches, um, Emily. Yep. Yep. So um, uh, why um, why do you did you choose to have also a strength training coach besides your regular coach? Yeah, um, I think that if you want to run, your body has to be able to perform, and for the strength and mobility and ability for your body to be able to keep up, um, it's very important. Uh, I always tell him and others that if it if I needed to, I'd run 10 minutes less in a day to make sure I get in all my strength and mobility work um, so that my body is healthy and I can hopefully do this forever. <laughs> yes, yes. And especially for uh, trail running, it's, it's even more important than just road running because you use so many different muscles and your, your body has to be strong. Yeah, for sure. And just yeah, and able to, you know, maybe twist an ankle here and there, but come right back and not be injured from it. Um, like you said, the changing terrain and climbing or descending. Strength work is so important for all of that. Yes, trust me, I know because um, on uh, Sunday we were chatting with each other and I haven't done a long trail run for a while because I focused on roads. So we went 14 miles and I said to myself, oh, I'll be fine. I'm going to run five miles easy the next day. Well, Monday comes around yesterday <laughs> and I'm so, so sore, right? Like my, my quads were screaming at me. So I said, no, today will be rest day. <laughs> yeah, good idea. Good call. <laughs> it is amazing how much like to plan right and we like to even create our schedule but I I've learned to be very flexible even today because I had to do my speed workout today I mm -hmm. toned it down a little bit because I was still sore but mm -hmm. that way I got to do a, a quality speed workout instead of trying to do something way harder that mm -hmm. I would have failed that you know right right yeah for sure for sure. Yeah. yeah. Even in the heat today, I did my speed in the heat and it was really hot. So I was glad that we, me and my coach also um, dropped the distance a little bit so that I could, we could keep the intensity and the um, quality up, but then drop the amount of time you had to be running so fast in the heat. <laughs> I see. What was your workout today, Emily? I had 200s. <laughs> 200s also, 12 times oh. 200 meters. Yay, that's awesome. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I got to run with um, a faster friend from my team from Arete, women running. And so she was running it. She said she wanted to do between 615 to 630 pace. And I was proud of myself. I was able to hang in with her. Oh, yay. That's amazing. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Now, did you do your 200 meters on track or did you do it up on the hills? Yeah, on track, but on a dirt track. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, so it was really fun. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And so um, 
any success stories or teaching moments that you would like to share with our listeners from your racing, from your training, from your uh, coaching others? Yeah, uh, so the one that jumps out to me when you ask that question is a couple of years ago when I was trying to get into Western States, I did all the golden ticket races um, and I learned my recovery rules (laughs) from doing that because after the first one, I, I think it was five weeks until the second one. And even though I felt great at the start of the second one I could tell that I had maybe rushed my recovery just a tiny bit um and so my golden rule now forevermore (laughs) after a race is the 10 days after a race um is pretty much nothing or very very light movement um even if you feel great just letting the body fully recover is huge so that's my biggest lesson. <laughs> um, I think what else? What else has been really big? I like doing a little bit of everything, like doing the speed work and doing the long training sessions and everything in between, um, adding the variety. I think it keeps it exciting. And um, I'm as excited to get out on the track as I am to get out for a five hour long run. Um, yeah, it's all magical in all its ways. And I haven't been in the gym since the week before Western States. And now it's been a couple of weeks after and I get to get in there next week. And I'm as excited to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome, Emily. And and what you said about uh, recovery is so huge because I see so many runners, like they finish a huge race, even a hundred mile race and three days later they're out running and I'm like why do you do that to your body you know and they're like oh because I feel great and but I'm like you cannot see inside your muscles they're torn they're you know your muscles need to repair and I actually did the same after my Tokyo marathon this year Um, I typically take a week after a marathon but after Tokyo I took 10 days off because I was walking so much after the marathon wanting to explore Tokyo And I said to myself, this is not recovery. You did 30,000 steps the day after the marathon, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's more than enough recovery and you're getting the movement and everything's good. And like you said, you're not putting any more stress on the body. So you're allowing the muscles to heal again. Cause yeah, you break them down and tear them up a little bit. And so giving them the full chance to recover you may as well (laughs) yes exactly exactly because you just you come back stronger I feel yes so true yeah 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 and um since we're a multi-generational podcast Emily do you have any advice for kids to start running and develop a passion for the sport yeah I I truly value that I got to do all the sports when I was little So trying lots of different things when you're younger um, really helps you find your passion for whatever your sport may be or activity you might want to do. I was also a musician and, you know, we did art in school. And so you get access to trying everything. And I think the more uh, younger kids get to experience that and truly find out what gets them excited and um, what challenges them too, like being on teams teaches you so much. 
Um, doing individual sports teaches you a lot. So the more you can try when you're a kid, <laughs> the more happy you'll be when you maybe choose ultimately which sport you're going to do or if you're going to do a sport or be a musician or what you're going to do. <laughs> I love it, Emily. I, I have the same philosophy and I always tell my kids, uh, I don't care. You can't tell just by looking at something. Just try it. You know, yes. just give it a try. And whether it's food, whether it's a sport, whether it's talking to a stranger, you know, to find yeah. out where they're coming from, you know, mm -hmm. what they love doing. They always hear me like a broken record. Just try it. Just try it. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> just try it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, because, you know, like, like myself, in the, I was in my 40s, Emily, when I started uh, running. Because yeah. before I was so much into tennis and I'm still playing tennis, you know, a lot of yeah. competitive tennis, but I was so much into tennis that I thought that's the only sport I ever need in my life. Right. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. I talked to another mom who just started to run and she showed me her Strava app and that Strava app looked so cool to me that I, that I said, <laughs> I'm going to start running. <laughs> oh that's so cool <laughs> yeah and then after that I realized that I loved running so much that I started to drop tennis you know like even now I just show up at my match I play um I've been undefeated for like four months now but wow. like other tennis players they keep practicing they take lessons I just show up on the tennis court I play and I'm like I'm a marathon runner I can do this <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome I love it <laughs> yep yep for sure and then you never have regrets that you are trying another sport or do it you know have chosen the sport if you did want to stick with tennis and you had tried running but didn't like it then you would be happy with tennis but it's nice that you have the opportunity to try something different <laughs> exactly Emily and the two of them actually complement each other very well because yeah. I realized as a runner when I became a runner you know, my friends kept telling me, how are you getting so fast? You know, because yeah. I already had my, uh, um, you know, my speed from tennis, you sprint a lot in tennis, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I actually, that's why I love 200 meters. Like that's my favorite distance on track because oh. I can go hard and fast. It's 200 meters, you know? And yeah, but like it, it was, the two sports complement each other because if I have a longer tennis match, you know, where you have a lot of rallies and they're long, then I I get into my um, running mentality and I'm like, okay, one more mile here, one more mile. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, that's so cool to hear. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so um, also um, you touched upon nutrition, Emily, and we all know that nutrition can make make you or break you, honestly, especially as an ultra runner. Do you have any specific advice for runners or and also any favorite recipes or meals that you enjoy after a long run or a tough workout? Yeah, uh, my go-to is always chicken stir fry, just chicken and vegetables and rice. Um, it's super easy, <laughs> doesn't take long. So that's always nice after a workout. Um, yes. Yeah, I think nutrition is very specific to each person, but making sure you're getting enough food is always good. And having a little bit of everything is great. And being a runner, it's nice to like 
adding dessert in the evenings. Um, <laughs> you know, that's important. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. And then as much time as we spend on getting our nutrition right for racing, I think we should spend the same amount of time as uh, on our nutrition for our daily lives too. Um, so getting in the routine of getting a good breakfast and starting the day off right. And then making sure if you don't stop for lunch that you have lots of snacks. <laughs> um, and then finishing off before you go to bed with a good, good meal and you know something that'll fill your body up, let you sleep without your tummy rumbling um, and give your body the energy to repair all those muscles you've worked on so hard all day. Yes, I agree, Emily. And speaking of dessert, um, <laughs> we got to spend three weeks in Europe uh, last month. Um, huh. And it was just so funny because their desserts are so good. You know, they're not as yep. sweet as here and yep. they're just so delicious. So every day I was having desserts, you know. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> That's what you should do. <laughs> yes. And sometimes we would just have dessert for dinner because we would have a late lunch and we would say, how about the Belgian waffle for dinner? That sounds Perfect. great. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> yes. And um, you touched upon how important strength training uh, it is for you, Emily. So what, what advice do you have for runners to stay uh, injury-free and to prevent injuries? Um, so it's nice to figure out what your weaknesses are. And then mm -hmm. as much as you don't want to just focus on your weaknesses, like you want to have a full, even if it's just a 10 minute routine a day that you do to make sure you're engaging your core each day and making sure that you're in alignment and you think you're all your muscles and body is mobile. Um, and so doing some hurdle mobility or step ups just to make sure that everything through your hips feels good and strong um, is really important. But then also, if you do have a weakness, by working on it every day, then you're preventing uh, it from getting worse or preventing an injury coming, which is always huge. Um, the more preventative work you can do, probably the better. Um, so you don't have to take time off. Uh, later on and work on recovery is hard um yeah there's lots of different things um I always have some sort of activation uh workout before I start running just to make sure that I wake my body up before I jump into some fast running um and always taking those first few minutes really easy just to let your body realize that it's running <laughs> and you're not sitting anymore um and so getting everything moving in the right way I love it Emily and and I love what you said about the 10 minutes because sometimes we think oh my gosh I have to do an hour of strength training you don't and I discovered that on my own I had a little uh the left hip was nagging me so I'm yeah. very proactive so I started to search on YouTube uh, yoga for tight hips yeah. and I found a 10 minute routine Emily and not only did it fix my my hip in two days but yep. it it fixed my uh, glutes my shins sometimes they're a little tender because yep. it was a 10 minute that involved your core that involved uh the you know like all kind of little mobility and I like to do it before I go to bed because I do yep. it in my office I have a little yoga mat 
and oh. I just get it done. And it's just so powerful to just do that. And so when people ask me, you're never injured, Carmen, what do you do? And I'm like, 10 minutes of yoga before I go to bed. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen yoga with Adrian. Yes. Yes, she has just the best routines and they're, yeah, super short, like between 10 and 20 minutes. And if you can get it in a day, in every day, um, if, even if you don't have a strength coach or you don't know what routines to do, starting off with some simple movement that, yeah, like you said, just engages everything and gets you awake or relaxed before you go to bed. That's right. That's right. And um, the thing about it is that I also love running hills because I feel like I get stronger. You know, that's yeah. how I healed my glutes. I used to have a chronic issue with my glutes, you know, getting really tight and hurting actually during runs. Um, and so during the pandemic, because my neighborhood is hilly, I started running and I always run hills and I healed my glutes doing that. So I'm yeah. a huge believer in running hills because then we accomplish two things. We get our run done, we get yep. faster and stronger and we mm -hmm. kill two birds with one stone. We get our strength training done. Right, yeah, exactly. I know, I know. That's awesome. Yeah, hills are amazing. And I think that's what make us, makes us stronger, especially as trail runners, um, is that we do do hills a lot. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. So Emily, we're getting close to the end of our episode. And um, at the end, we love to sprinkle seeds of sunshine for our listeners, which is something uplifting, inspiring, and maybe actionable to help us make positive changes in our lives. So mm -hmm. what are your seeds of sunshine? Yeah, um, I love that you asked this question each episode and I've kind of given it some thought. So I really, yeah, I was, I think it's super powerful to be able to share that. And I've had some really good conversations recently and we've talked a lot about really asking people how they are and listening to the answer. Um, throughout the world, I think everyone is a little different in how they ask that question and then respond. I know here in America, a lot of it is you waving across like, hi, how are you? And then you don't really listen to the answer. <laughs> um, whereas in other places, I know back home in Zimbabwe, like you stop and you hear what that person's saying and hopefully you take it in. I know sometimes you don't, but um, when you do ask how you are or how someone is, you want to know what's actually going on in their lives. And um, I found that a really powerful thing to towards getting to know people better, but also just daily checking in on how we're all doing as a community and as a group of friends or family, um, really taking the time to listen and hear what other people are saying um, just from that simple, hello, how are you uh, question uh, each day. <laughs> I absolutely love that, Emily, because I have the same philosophy. You know, we we want to genuinely connect with others, then we need to stop and listen and, and care because some days are better than others, as we all know, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I love that you do that. Uh, thank you for sharing that seed of sunshine. And before I let you go, Emily, how can our listeners connect with you on social media, Awesome. Uh, yeah, I kept it really easy. All my social media is under Emily Hallgood. Um, yeah, and I'd love to connect. It's great. And I hope that 
we get to inspire each other and you get to be a part of an amazing community in whatever you do. <laughs> Wonderful, Emily. Thank you so very, so honored to have you on. And I wish you good luck in the uh, races that are coming up. They're going to be amazing. I will follow you like a hawk. <laughs> On media. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. <laughs> That's amazing. And hopefully I get to meet Sophia sometime too. <laughs> Absolutely, Emily. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. To contribute and support our podcast, please become a subscriber or use the coffee app, which you can find in our show notes. It is greatly appreciated. Thanks so much for listening, sharing, and reviewing our podcast. To connect, Please follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Carmen Mixa and Carmen Seeds of Sunshine on Instagram. Thanks so much. Goodbye for now.